Welcome everybody back to the podcast where this month's topic is going to be the breaking point. But first, before we get started, I would like you to hit the pause button and share, subscribe, like this video, follow it any way you can. You're going to need to hear this one. Now, the way this is put together, I'm not certain if you have to have Spotify. You may have to create an account. But once you're in, you're in like Flynn. I am William Keys Jones. I am your host. This is Turning Points Celebrate Recovery Crossroads. Now I want to ask everybody how they're doing. You're probably going to need to hear this broadcast because this is the breaking point. Before I get started, I want to remind everybody about 9-11. Hundreds and hundreds of people lost their lives and their families have had a breaking point of their own. And I want to thank all the first responders. And the first responders include firefighters, ambulance drivers, and paramedics and police. It doesn't matter if they're responding to a fire or responding to your friend or family member. These people are very important in our lives, and we want to acknowledge them for all the work that they do and for each and every one of you who have served. We thank you all from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you for your service. Now, very soon we're going to be offering a phone number for people to call in, and I'm going to go out on a limb here by offering this number, but this number is also going to be available for Escambia and Baldwin County. This area is going to be kind of like a tight focused area, but we're still going to focus on those two counties. Why? Because Seminole is saddled right between those two counties. Escambia County of Florida and Baldwin County of Alabama. Now, let me take you to a few things that I want to point out. The Turning Point Church of Seminole has been there for just a little under five years now. They have a program called Celebrate Recovery on Monday nights at 6.30 each Monday. And I'm pretty sure that even if a hurricane was coming through, they would not stop this night. Monday nights are extremely important to us. We want to be there for the people who need us. And we don't cancel for any reason. But this number is going to be so that the people that listen to the podcast can reach out. They can call in and find out if they have a way, and I'm certain there will be, find out if they have a way to reach out and get involved with Celebrate Recovery. The topics on our breaking point tonight are going to be clarity, humility, stress over the limit, and life-changing events, and anything else that you can think of that brings you to the breaking point. So what do I mean by the breaking point? I'm going to say it's that epiphany moment that when you realize that the things that you do and the substances that you use are no longer going to be a part of your life 
and you want to move forward and you look back and see all the people in your life who have perhaps may have been affected by your actions, maybe injured them, maybe hurt their feelings, stolen from them. G.S. and I have been talking, and if you don't know who G.S. is, he is my other host, and we have been talking about this. And I'm going to give you a little bit of more information about G.S., but he is my co-host, as I've said before in this podcast. I want you guys to know he is now a proud father of a little baby girl, and that's where he is tonight. And for those who do not know, who have not... Uh, don't have any idea of what's going on. Um, he is a former addict and he has been blessed in so many ways. I can't even begin to, uh, count all the ways that he's been blessed, but now he is going to be a proud father and that's, that's, that's going to be an episode in and of itself, I'm sure. But moving right along, um, I want to talk to you about breaking points. And in this podcast, uh, the way it works is that the broadcast or the episode is broken down into segments. We're going to call them segments because we're going to hit on that topic. And then we're going to, in subsequent weeks, add other segments to that topic. So this month is going to be the breaking point. I just wanted to point that out real quick. The Monday night of that month, last month, we had covered that topic four times. And our primary focus for this month is going to be the breaking point, as I've said before. But this number, this phone number, is going to be given on a later podcast so that I can make sure that the number will be available for people to use to call in. Because it'll be your opportunity to call in and leave a comment, leave a message, like you might want to uh, say, hey, William, um, I want you to talk about this topic or I want you to talk about that topic and then perhaps maybe we can get some, some of the feedback that is going to be important and critical to the way we do our, our podcast. So please refrain from using any kind of colorful language. Uh, that's not what we're about. Celebrate Recovery Crossroads is going to be the meat and potatoes of our broadcast. And the seasoning of our broadcast is going to be God-based and spiritual-based so that we stay focused on the things that we need to stay focused on. And so in these episodes, the end of the rope, stress, over-the-limit, clarity and humility and life-changing events, those are the particular types that I've entered. If you have more or any other breaking point that you may want to call in about, please do so uh, on our future broadcast when we actually give that phone number out. If we do not give that phone number out, I will try and see if we can make a way for you to reach out to the people over Celebrate Recovery and Turning Point Church of Seminole. Now, let me get into the meat and potatoes. I'm going to tell you a little bit about another pastor of Elevation Worship. His name is Stephen Furtick. And on yesterday's televised event at Elevation Worship, he was talking about his friend <laughs> of 15 years 
no, wait a minute. They've known each other since they were 15. And a conversation they were having about a special night, they were writing music and sitting there doing a lot like I do sometimes, just sitting there trying to figure out lyrics to a song, and it took an enormously long time. I think they were successful in writing several songs. But he asked Chris, what was the thing that you remember most about that night? And he calmly said, and I remember, it took a really, really long time. And so when Pastor Stephen heard that, he was taken aback. And you've really got to go back and you've got to find Elevation Worship's site on YouTube and listen or even find it on Facebook because you're going to get a kick out of some of the back and forth that Steve and Chris Brown go through. Um, it's it's quite hilarious. But anyway, the the most important part was that he thought that one of the most memorable things about that night was that it took an awful long time. And he didn't have a chance to finish his explanation of what he thought was the most memorable thing about that night. But he had an opportunity to respond. He just didn't get everything out that he was wanting to get out. He didn't tell the whole story. Now, I'm going to take dive in deep here because we're going to talk about telling the whole story. So, let's turn to Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. And we're going to give you a minute to do that because I want you to follow along with me and the scripture and dig in deep like I'm about to dig in on this. When you tell a story in an event and leave out the details that seem to be some of the most important parts of the details can be lost. So here's the scripture, but I'm going to start in verse 20. So it stays in context through the uh, message here that I think the Holy Spirit is trying to share with us all here. The Lord gave you adversity for food and suffering for drink. He will still be with you and teach you. You will see your teacher with your own eyes. Your own ears will hear him right behind you. A small, still voice will say, This is the way you should go, whether it be to the left or to the right. And then listen, there's so many things that can happen to you in adversity. And when you're alone, you're trying to figure out what you're going to do, what you're supposed to do. You can listen to the small voice in your head, or you can listen to the louder voices that tell you to do other things or change the direction that you're heading in, only to find out, you know what, you're doing things wrong and you're doing it the wrong way. Case in point. Let's now go to 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 10. We're also going to look at verse 14. But before I say all that, we're going to go all the way up to verse 1. Because your focus is going to be on verse 10 and verse 4. And I'm going to open this up a little bit after I've read this. So, when Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed. Now, I'm saying including the way he had killed 
all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. And she said, May the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. Elijah was afraid for his life and he fled to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and left his servant there. That's got some significance. I'll get back to that. Then he went alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, was his breaking point. He said, take my life. I am no better than my ancestors who have already died then he lay down and slept under a broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. And he looked around, and there beside his head was some bread that had been baked on some hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay back down again. And the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai. You guys know where Mount Sinai is. So at that point, he got there and he came to a cave where he spent the night, but the Lord said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty. But the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. Now let's just stop there just for a second and hover over this verse. Now, when the scripture had said he had traveled 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, you've got to understand Elijah must have been rehearsing this story over and over again in his head with each step that he took up to Mount Sinai. I can tell you that when you rehearse the story over and over in your mind, you may convince yourself of that very thing. So I'm going to pause there and say... That when we are in active addiction, we can tell stories. And sometimes, when those stories have been rehearsed over and over in our head, sometimes we can leave out the important parts. The whole story. But nonetheless, but the Lord told him to go out and stand before me on the mountains. As Elijah stood there, the Lord passed the mighty wind storm hit the mountain and it was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose but the Lord was not in the wind after the wind there was an earthquake but the Lord was not in the earth earthquake and after the earthquake there was a fire but the Lord was not in the fire and after the fire there was the sound of a gentle whisper remember back when I had told you that there was a calm still voice in your head Let's read on. When Elijah heard it, 
he wrapped his face and his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied again, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one. And now they are trying to kill me too. Sorry, I am the only one left. And now they are trying to kill me too. Okay, let's stop right there. I don't know if you noticed, but verse 10 and verse 14, Elijah says the same thing to the Lord twice. Can anybody figure out why? According to Pastor Stephen Furtick, Elijah had rehearsed that story over and over in his head with each step that he took and etched it deeper and deeper into his thoughts. The problem with this is that he left out the details. What details, you might ask? Well, he left out the fact that Elijah was the one who killed the prophets, not the people. Unfortunately, according to what Pastor Stephen had observed, is that Elijah was not a very good storyteller. As a matter of fact, it turns out he wasn't a good storyteller at all. So, it wasn't the fact that the people killed the prophets, it was Elijah. Further, he replied with the word, I. Many times have we said, I, in the excuses that we give to explain some of the actions and behaviors that we do. He had basically turned the focus into himself rather than the works of God that God had done. He also said they, the people, were after him, when in fact it was the, there was only one person that was after him. Jezebel. Now I can't imagine going across the distance for 40 days and 40 nights just to get away from something that wasn't really after him at all because in fact if Jezebel was really after him she would have done it already. Elijah's breaking point was a lot like some of our breaking points today where we've had enough and just can't take anymore or we forget the mission that God put us here for in the first place. So go back up to verse 4. When he went alone to the wilderness, traveling all day, and he sat under a solitary broom tree, and he said, or he prayed, that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. That was Elijah's breaking point. I mean, really. That point when he realized Jezebel was after him, and at the same time, he goes off under a solitary tree and begs God to take his life. Jezebel could have done it already. So, anyway, um, now you'll hear me say a lot of times two words, but God. But a lot of us say that. Let's read on. Then the Lord told him, go back the same way you came. And travel to the wilderness of Damascus. And I'm going to ask you to apologize for the pronunciation of some of these ahead of time. So when you arrive there, anoint Hazel to be king of Aram. And anoint Jehu, the grandson of Nimshi, to be the king of Israel. And anoint Elijah, son of Saphat, from the town of Abel. I don't even know how to pronounce that. To replace you as my prophet. Anyone who escapes Hazel would be killed by Jehu. 
and those who escape you will be killed by Elijah. Now you can read on the rest of this beautiful story and discover for yourself what happens next because it will blow your mind. The fact of the matter is that when you leave out the details, you might find that your enemies tell a better story about you than you do. Now listen, there is a place you can go, especially made for people with hurts, habits, and hang-ups. It's called Turning Point Church of Seminole, Alabama. This podcast has been brought to you by Turning Point Church of Seminole, Alabama, and it's called Celebrate Recovery Crossroads. My name is William Keyes Jones. I'm your host, and thank you for listening. All right, welcome everybody back to episode two or segment two of The Breaking Point. Now, we covered a lot of things last week, but I got to cover this until it sets in, until it's drilled into our head that we're trying to reach Baldwin County and Escambia, Escambia County. I want you to share this podcast and subscribe so that you can know and other people can know how to get to this podcast and where it's at, where it lives. We're also covering something that I covered last week. I told you that there was going to be a phone number, and I'm going to give you that phone number now. It is 251-277-8484. Again, that is 251-277-8484. So that's going to spell out 251-27-Q-U-I-T-4-27-8484. And that's got a 251 area code for Baldwin County residents and for Escambia County residents to dial in and give their comments, ask questions, or even find a way to get to this place on Monday nights uh, for Celebrate Recovery. This is Celebrate Recovery Crossroads brought to you by Turning Point Church of Seminole, Alabama. And we're picking up from last week where we was talking about Elijah and Ahab and Jezebel. Now, the fourth um, person that we're going to be talking about is our Lord God who was also in this story and it's really crazy the way everything unfolded because we all know that you know if you heard last podcast Elijah was running for his life and he was trying to escape so we need to pick up over here in first Kings chapter 19 verse 10 and verse 14 where he repeats himself tells a story to God after walking 40 days and 40 nights, rehearsing this story, and basically just telling a flat-out lie to the Lord. And we, we know also that God is going to ask questions of you, already knowing the answer, so that makes it a rhetorical question. When he approached Adam in the garden, G.S., he asked him, 
who told you he was naked, right? Yeah. Let's pick up with that. Yeah, he asked me who told you he was naked. See, the thing about it, uh, and uh, first of all, I said to God be your glory, and uh, glad to be back. Just had uh, had some uh, newborn baby, and I had my just had a good new child. God bless me with it. Had some things and some uh, that I had to take care of, and uh, proud to be a father, and uh, you know God's blessing. But to God be the glory. But um, back to the situation, back, back to the topic here. Now, God gave he he gave Adam instruction, and uh, as we know. He made Adam the head over everything that was on the face of the earth at that, in, in, this, in this time here. Um, he allowed him, he gave him the, 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 the authority and the power to name the animals. and He gave him a whole lot of wonderful, miraculous, glorious blessings, you know, and, um, and uh, he gave him instruction. He gave me everything as hard as I told him. You can have everything in this garden, but do not eat of the tree that's the center of the garden. He told him that for a reason. Now, he also gave us free will. At the same time, he blessed him with free will, and, you know, the instructions were given, but it was a decision that had to be made. And in the midst of the, uh, uh, the having a decision to be made, it's choices to be made. And he told him, don't mess with that tree. And, uh, yeah, Eve ate of it first. And she brought it back to Adam to see Adam had a choice to make. Because God told him, point blank. Now, now, God went to the head. He made him the head, so he told him, point blank, look, do not. He says, should neither one of y'all eat of this tree? And he told Adam straight up, this is the rules right here. Don't do it. You know. So with Adam having free will, Adam used free will. And free will became his worst enemy because he told his wife, that didn't God say not to eat of that tree? And then, then she told him, said, well, the fruit is good, good for food. And at that, that point right there, he made the decision. To eat that tree, and when he did, his whole entire mindset changed. Just like the tree out here in, in, in the wilderness that we have today. You know, it's a wilderness. It's a, this, 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 this a big old tree, forbidden tree we eating from every day. We go out there and do stuff we ain't got no business doing. Doing the opposite of what God wants us to do, the opposite of what He tells us to do. And then when we take on the spirit of fear, we run it to and fro. Not only seeking who we made the Bible, but we had a lower state of consciousness than we ever been in our lives. So we can't see past what we want. And we can't even see past fear. Anytime that I do something, when I was out there in them streets and, 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 and not trying to follow God, you know what I'm saying? Even in my imperfectness, you know, even in my imperfectness, we're, we're, we're trying to follow God on a daily basis and repent daily, having daily death through the repentance, through the word of God. You know, you know, when I was out there, 
You know, uh, the thing about it is, see, the spirit of, see, the spirit of fear comes from immoral actions. When I'm doing something opposite of what I know to be right, because anywhere I go and whatever I do, I want to make sure not only is it done around people that's gonna justify what I'm doing, but at the same time, I I don't want to be seen in what I'm doing. See? When a, when a husband go cheat on his wife, he, he trying to be undercover. He trying to make sure he doing it out of sight and out of mind. And so what do you think Adam thought when God asked him, who told you you were naked? When, when God asked Adam, said, who told you were naked? Adam, Adam did one of the things that, that, uh, that was my favorite thing to do. He, he, he tried to justify the matter. He tried to just use justification. See, that's when it see that lower state of mind caused him to, to exercise a manipulative ability and with an all-knowing God and it wasn't working. Yeah. He said, Oh, it was that woman you gave me. The first letter and first letter in the word jam. I've used this before, justification. Yeah, it's that yeah, <laughs> it's that woman you gave me that caused me. So back to 1 Kings chapter 19, where I picked up uh, last uh, broadcast. We know that Ahab told Jezebel everything that Elijah had done. We know that Jezebel got very angry and sent a messenger to Elijah. And from the words of her mouth, so may the gods do to me, and even more, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Now, you just gotta just imagine for a second the way they talked back then. Yeah. That just sounds completely, just totally serious. Kind of like a, like a gangster would talk, you know? Just, the words that she had spoken were so eloquent and so well constructed that he had no mistake understanding what her intentions were. And that's what made him run for his life. And he didn't realize, he did not realize that God had his back the whole time. And we're going to pick up a little bit later on where God sends him back out back to where he came from after walking or running for 40 days and 40 nights we find him in a cave in verse 9 then he came there to a cave and lodged there and behold the word of the Lord came to him and said to him what are you doing here kind of just like he went up to Adam and said who told you you were naked asking questions that he already knew the answer to. We know full well he knew the answer to, but he just wanted to hear it from Elijah's mouth. And what does he say? We pick up in chapter 10, where he says, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the sons of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I alone am left and they seek my life to take it away. And if you'll skip down to verse 14, he repeats the same story. 
I want to point out the lies that he was telling. First of all, it was only Jezebel that was after him. Ahab and Jezebel. It wasn't the entire nation and all, all these people. Uh, <clears throat> furthermore, it was Elijah that killed the prophets, not the ones that he has said is trying to kill him. Where he comes back and says, and uh, let's see, where is it? For the sons of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. So he's thinking almost an entire nation is after him, when in fact it was only Jezebel. And if she had the choice, she was going to basically kill him. And he didn't realize that if she was going to do it, she'd have done it already. So he runs and flees for his life, 40 days and 40 nights, and then finds himself under a tree. <coughs> Let me come back up here and said, uh, find out where he is under here. He's, he's up underneath the jet, uh, juniper tree. And behold, there was an angel touching him and said, Arise and eat. And so he was woken up a second time. And the angel told him to arise and eat for the journey ahead of you uh, is great. Um, so he arose and ate and drank. And we're down here in verse 8 where he goes for 40 days and 40 nights. And you got to understand that he's sitting there thinking about what he's going to tell the Lord when God catches up to him. And uh, he has rehearsed this story almost word for word uh, and repeats himself in chapter 14 or excuse me, verse 14. And I wanted to point all this out to make one thing perfectly clear. When we talk about justification in active addiction, we're almost always trying to tell a story, but we're not telling the whole story. What we're basically doing is rehearsing what we're going to tell each new person that we come up against wondering why we're in active addiction, why we're doing this, why did you steal that, why did you hurt that person, why did you do this or that and the other. And we're thinking to ourselves when we're in active addiction, what we're going to be saying to that person. It's not only what we're thinking about when we're going to our next fix or what we're going to do to get our next fix. We're also thinking about how we're gonna cover our tracks when someone catches up and catches us in the act, catches us either drunk or high or whatever, there's so many things that we come uh, become used to that we have to think of ways to get out of a situation. Our flight or fight kicks in. And when God approaches Elijah, just before he sends him back where he came from. You've got to know that he had a plan all along, but Elijah fled. And even at one point he said, or he wished that God would kill him. Probably so he wouldn't have to, you know, go through this. So, when I'm talking about active addiction, there was a time when I 
pretended I was drunk when I was sober and vice versa. I would pretend I was sober when I was drunk. Thinking of different ways I could get out of situations if I was put in that situation. And this is the devious things that Satan puts on our heart, puts on our mind to make us deceive ourselves. And it's like GS had said a while back, it's the thing that Satan uses against us, our own mind. He can't make us do anything unless we cooperate. So that's that's a little uh, information that that you may be able to work with, knowing that it is your own mind that is working against you in active addiction. Because Satan is not going to waste his time; he's going to come at you full force. He's going to do everything he can to keep you in active addiction, because when you're in active addiction, you belong to him. GS, comments? First of all, yeah. Uh, once again, I say to God be the glory. See, God showed me things. And uh, uh, one of the things that God showed me is this. First of all, when, uh, when you forget, when fear make you forget that you got the victory, the first thing that I did when I forgot God, forgot of all about, when I went to listening to the enemy, and I forgot, I forgot all about how God brought me out, and the fear of having to live a clean lifestyle hit me, and I was gonna have the alcohol and the drugs and marijuana and, and the women and all that stuff, I turned my back and ran right back to the hog pen. Feel or make you forget about the table that God prepared in the midst of your enemies for you. And you'll turn around and turn your back on God and go right back to the hog pen every single time. Yeah. And and see, Satan laughing at, at, at us. He laughs at us because, and the reason why he laughs at us because see, uh, as a human being, leaning to my own understanding, how in the world that I'm gonna make myself believe and I don't done it before. Now, I had to ask myself this very question. How is it that I'm gonna beat evil at being evil? How, I'm gonna, how, how am I gonna beat the father that lies at telling lies? I can't, I can't beat the devil let his own dead a game he brought to town. You know, I mean, you know, an enemy, an adversary that studied men for, for, for billions and billions of centuries. Who was on this earth before I was even ever thought of. But I'm going to fool myself to believe that I'm smart enough to deal not only with the cares of this world on my own, but with the activation of my flesh that I was born and shaped in, the ground that was cursed, I was born and shaped in, and shaped in iniquity. 
born of a woman a few days before the trouble. But I'm going to make myself believe that me alone, me alone, a piece of dirt, got the answer. And I can't even wake up or go to sleep on my own. That's a form of deception that I can't even comprehend. And it and it start, it always starts with fear. Well, I told you what fear is. Yeah, I mean I it's been plenty of time. I got I, I don't hit, I could say, a million rock bottoms in my life. And every time I hit it, I go to God and, and that, that grace and, and glorious mercy pick me up and lift me up out the pit, clean me up, give me a nice little sound mind piece, you know, and begin to teach me and give me understanding and begin to enlighten my eyes to where I can see. And then I turn around and look two years down the line when I'm supposed to be living a day at a time and then I abandon ship. And the next thing you know, soon as I get in the spirit of fear, I'm on the Greyhound bus on the way back home. And I go from being thankful to smoking dope in my head before I even get to it. If I've told you, the listener, or our listeners, a breakdown of the word fear, the letter F, the letter E, the letter A, and the letter R. They have one thing in common to this sentence. Was it Martin Luther King that said this? The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. That's it. False evidence appearing real. F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. Full flight from reality. And it's also a fear not being able to fulfill my own selfish desire as a human being. See, yeah. that's, that, that's, that's, that's the most powerful demon out here today. I, me, want now. I, me, my. Yeah, I want it now. I don't want to. I don't want to take my time and and, and 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 figure things out and let God show me really how things supposed to be. You know, I want that 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 instant gratification in everything I do because that's the only thing I understand. And all those things work in concert with the word fear. Yeah, that's the only thing I understand now. When it come now, see, and, and my worst enemy in that. See that 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 uh that that you know spontaneous that 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 fast quick gratification that I need you know that wanting now got to get it fast and in a hurry you know see when I'm feeling like that my worst enemy is time it's time that's my worst enemy that was Elijah's worst enemy he had forty days and forty nights to come up with a story like that are you kidding me? I mean, honestly, look at Adam's response. Yeah. 
He blamed Eve. The woman you gave me. The one the, the one you gave me. The woman you gave me gave me to eat. Yeah. But said see, it was good. But see, I want to go see. But the thing about it is, how can I really believe that I can think of something that an all-knowing God would actually believe coming out of my mouth? And I know it ain't the truth. What kind of deception and is that? And at the same time what is on your heart. Okay, this the God that brought me out and gave me power to become who I am. So how is it that I'm going to convince myself that I don't got wise enough to think of a lie now. Come on. Adam was the first man to ever touch the face of the earth. And he couldn't lie to God. So what made me think I'm gonna come up with something so so crafty and, and so original to where God gonna say, well, okay. Come on now. Now to those of you listeners that actually have children and have watched and listened to your own children coming up with some of the excuses that they have. I'll tell you some of the thoughts that went through my mind. I see your lips moving, but you're not saying anything. Um, and that's what goes, you know, that, that's what goes or seems to apply in this particular situation. I feel like the Lord is listening to Elijah tell this story, watching his lips move, but not hearing what he's saying because he's not telling the whole story. And it's just it's really crazy but it seems like Ahab was telling a better story about Elijah than Elijah was telling about himself I've been you know through this a, a couple of at least four or five times and each time I read this it just seems like something else is revealed to me and it wasn't if it wasn't for Pastor Stephen Furtick uh, at Elevation Worship and Chris Brown uh, it, it if it wasn't for them, I probably never would have been turned on to this uh, particular uh, episode um, or sermon that Pastor Stephen was actually trying to set forth for the people of his church. Because if you're not telling the whole story and the people that are around you are telling a better story at, you know, about you than you're telling, it leaves a lot of questions that are going to be unanswered. And so, let me just put something out there for you guys. Um, we've said this before uh, earlier on in the podcast. Our phone number for you to reach out is going to be 251 277 8484. Again, that is 251. 27 quit four. 27 quit four. That number is available for you to call in to ask questions to cover topics that we will be covering next week. We're going to try and cover at least three of these topics. <coughs> We're going to cover the end of the rope, stressed over the limit, clarity, humble, Humility, life-changing events, kind of like Elijah was going through. Some of his breaking points and some of his life-changing events. When he got to the end of the rope, he actually begged God to put him to death. He had enough. We all get our breaking point. But God's got a plan and a purpose for you. 
He has something for you to do. That's why you're still here. We're not giving up on you. I'm not giving up on you. There is a place to go. It's called Celebrate Recovery. Here at Turning Point Church on Monday night, 6.30, we don't quit. We are there every Monday night. Save for a hurricane or a mandatory evacuation, we will be here every Monday night. Again, this is William Keyes Jones and GS, my co-host. Uh, got one more thing to say? Yeah. Um, I want to put this out there. Um, it's a word of inspiration, and, and there's two, two points I want to make. Uh, is in their words of inspiration that I would appreciate it if, uh, you know, that, that, that y'all would let me share with y'all. Um, one thing is this, is, you know, if you don't go see the devil out here, he'll come check on And another thing, there's a thousand different ways to take on the characteristics of the enemy. And the reason why he stay out of sight so much is so he can figure out how to enter the minds of the people. That's it. He's a specialist at that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And for those of you listening that don't know me or have been around me, you've got to understand that there is one thing I do know about Satan. He won't mess with you if you're God's own. And the reason being is because if you're lost and you have not made Jesus your Lord and Savior, he will come after you. All right, Escambia County, Baldwin County area can call in and leave a message or a comment on these topics for Breaking Point. We would like to hear from you. Um, I will be the one answering the phone. Uh, William Keys Jones, um, you guys can call in and leave a message, comment, uh, or a critique. Maybe you'd like us to do something. Uh, um, just let us know. But for now, that will conclude this segment of Breaking Point for the month of September right here at Turning Point Crossroads. Um, celebrate Recovery Crossroads at Turning Point Church. Thanks for listening, guys. Good night.